0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me today. It's Allenberry Labucan with the Rocks and Stocks News website. I've got um, Joey Fries, Joanne Fries from uh, Candente on the line, and we're going to talk about their copper project. Joey, thanks for, very much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for hosting me.
0: And Joey, uh, let's get right into the guts of your news that you put out a couple of days ago. A couple of things really stood out to me. Um, one of the highlights was a highlight, a smaller initial throughput for a, a lower initial capEx, reduce initial CapEx expenditures. You made a nice quote, and I'll, I'll quote you now, while the work will take a few more weeks to complete than initially anticipated. We are very excited to be able to demonstrate optimization that are expected to result in substantially improved proposed mining project at Canariaco. The OSENCO 2021 PEA will not only show a smaller, higher grade starter project with lower initial CAPEX and accelerated payback period, but will also show other opportunities to lower CAPEX and OPEX and implement better ESG, end quote. Lots there to talk about, Joey.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So why don't you expand a little for us?
1: Sure, well, the first thing we looked at with Asenco in in the desktop study, and then this has um, come through on the PEA, and work been worked on in the PEA and and holding well, is mitigating the need for a roaster. Now, we have a little bit of arsenic in our deposit, and, and people, I'm gonna call it overreacted, um, and, you know, thought we needed a roaster. Now, it was the same roaster that Codelco implemented for 4% arsenic, but ours is closer to 1%. And actually, what we've shown is, um, or we're expecting, I can't, you know, all the results of the PEA will be out when it's actually final. Um, but the concentrate grade with no roaster, so so reducing our capex by 15% um, alone on this one item is... Um, should be 26% copper, um, first six years will be 3.7 grams per tonne gold, and then 84 grams per tonne silver, and only 0.49% arsenic. So that's, you know, that's excellent. Um, a little bit lower on, um, you know, up to 0.52% arsenic life of mine, um, but and a little lower on the gold and silver, but still very significant. So um, So that's the number one thing is we just understood the model. The, they did a geometallurgical model and then did an NSR model based on on that and the fact that we can do in-pit blending and, and starting smaller really helps with that, of course. Um, so understanding the deposit better, start, starting as a smaller operation, allows us um, much better you know, use of, use of um, the mineralization that's there, the grades. Um, and then the next thing is Will ramp up, and the idea is probably go double. Um, so if in fact it was like 40,000 tons per day initially, go up to 80, and you just put a second um, mill, a second line in, so you're not um, do. You know, it's not like you have to put a lot of capex early because you're eventually going to get bigger. The other thing that's really great is it's going to be one storage facility for both the the strip or the waste. And, and the tailings and because they're different size of, of um, material they actually mesh together so they'll take much less space than if you had a tailings facility and a waste facility separately so you know the volume sits sits in together um, um, or I should just say the volume altogether you know it meshes so it's much smaller and then it'll also be dry so because the Uh, Waste is already dry only the tailings were wet. You're filtering less So we will we have to filter all the the wet tailings come out of the mill But when you put it together, it's dry and when things are dry, they're much more stable So industry best practices now people are trying to move away from wet tailings to dry tailings But if the tailings are alone, it can be very expensive um, When they're sitting yeah anyway, just wet sorry, dry stack tailings is, can be much more expensive, but luckily what we're showing so far is it's very, it's affordable. And that was my big concern. Was, well, on the ESG
0: you know, side, that's, uh, you know, that that's, you don't have to worry about tailings, dams bursting and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, much more stable situation. So, and my concern before was if we, if we you know, ESG stuff is everything you want to do, but can you do it economically? And, you know, that was the keys and it's looking good. I mean, I, we don't have the results yet, so, but it's coming, but it's really great. And, and that geometallurgical modeling was huge because, because our understanding of the deposit, you knew your overall grades, um, but we didn't really understand the deposit in 2011 nearly as well as we understand it now.
0: And that would start out as a, uh, in the oxides, correct?
1: Well, we don't have a lot of oxides, but you're right. We have a little bit of supergene enrichment and yes. It'll start in slightly higher grade. Yeah, I think it's uh, up to 0.58% copper. Wow. Overall. I mean, not that we don't have grades a lot higher than that, but I'm talking about average.
0: And in your previous PEA, um, what kind of numbers were you using for the copper, the gold, and, uh, and you know, how did it look using those grades compared to today's?
1: Um. Yeah. So, grades or prices? Are you talking about
0: prices? Prices. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, I'm just going to flip to a little information here, so I don't, um, so I remember yeah. all the numbers. Um, so we used, we started with 225 copper as our base case. Now, in the end, it was 250 copper, um, or I should say, long term, we've been talking about the numbers we got out of 250 copper using 250 copper, and that's what Goldman Sachs showed. That we were in the lowest quartile of 84 upcoming copper projects uh, based on price of copper needed to go into production. So based on 250, we're very, very low. I don't know how many of the 84 are lower than us, but not too many. Um, but lowest quartile. Now that gave us um, an NPV of a, approximately a billion dollars and a 17 and a half percent IRR. Wow. Now, as you move up. Um, At 325 copper, it's just under 2 billion and 24.8% IRR. Using as high as $4 copper, it's 2.86 billion and 31.2% IRR. These are all all post-tax dollars. Now that's on the bigger project. Now that we're looking at starting smaller, often your NPV and your IRR is less initially because you're 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 producing less copper, right? And gold and silver. Um but we're gonna we're looking at having a longer mine life. So I again I shouldn't quote numbers um because they're still to be established. But but there's um, some
0: offsets it- there because even if you are starting out smaller, we've got a more robust price of copper oh. and looking like it's gonna get even more robust. Um, so there are some offsets there
1: totally absolutely and um our 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 base case is now 325 copper not not 250 copper okay um, but we'll we always get to sh- or you know show the sensitivities to copper price in the- and
0: copper is still a dollar more than that a pound right now and uh exactly. you know with all the well, we, we might as well talk about copper itself you know green gold it's often called it's the it's the new oil um, you know with all this push for electric vehicles and um, and uh, uh, you know rewiring the the sist- the grid so that they can you know serve those electric vehicles. Uh, it looks like there's going to be a lot of copper demand and there's not nearly enough um, copper mines or copper mines in the in the pipeline to uh, feed that uh, demand.
1: No, you're right. And I, I like to say gold is money, but copper is life. Because you just can't live, you know, without copper.
0: Well, and that's even... That quality of life. Even, that's even becoming more true with the electric vehicle revolution.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: And I, yeah, I we talked about this last time, but I, I don't think people really realize how you know, a lot of the developed countries are using, you know, ancient power grids that need rewiring to, uh, to you know, make electric, the electric vehicle revolution a reality.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right.
0: You know, not a day goes by that we don't hear about another car company building batteries, building ba- electric vehicles. So it looks like the, uh the supply supply demand balance looks to be pointing towards much higher prices for copper.
1: Yeah, absolutely, I agree.
0: And um, you said you put it in a little bit of context about you know how many peers are out there. Um, when was that Goldman Sachs study
1: done? That one was actually two years ago, and that was um, deficit denied, delayed, not denied. Um, and then there's been more recent research, actually just um, this last week, by both Haywood and um, RFC Ambrian. And they're showing us as being the 10 out of tw- the top, what they consider the top 23 projects. This is Ambrian's report, um, although Haywood do- doubles on on some of this uh, comment too. Of, of the top 23 projects, um, Kenya Agua Norte is 10th largest and 6th highest grade. And that's another really interesting thing for us because I, I never imagined we were, you know, in in exactly, that high. Yeah. In, in both. Right. Um, but, you know, we were considered low grade when we first started working. And I still have meetings with people and they say, oh, yeah, but you're very low grade. And I'm always explaining. But we have very good economics because it's a low strip ratio. We have soft rock. We have water at site. We don't need to build, you know, we'll have grid power. We already have roads to the project. And But now it's like, wait a minute. No, just look at all the other projects that need to come online. And our grade is just fine. Thank you very much.
0: Well, and if you compare it to when we, you know, you and I have been in this business for a long time. Remember some of the, the how things have changed from the 90s to today of, yeah. you know, what people would call low grade before. Is now turning into high grade, uh considering what's out there.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Great. And did
0: they do any uh in that reese those research reports, did they do any comparison and valuation relative to of those 23, you guys gotta be one of the lowest valuation of all of them?
1: Yeah, we're we're definitely we're not the lowest, but there's definitely some really good comparisons, and I, I won't get into it right now, but um but people can, you know, go to those firms for the, for the research or, or. Yeah.
0: Joey, is it, pro- is it possible if people email you that they could receive those, um, those reports?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I'll put them in. Co- we'll, we'll make sure they get them, whether it's through us or through the actual people that put them out is the best thing, but I, I can certainly coordinate that. Absolutely. Okay.
0: So where should they send um, the email?
1: Uh, just, um, at investor investor at candentecopper.com.
0: Okay. And, uh, I'd also like to mention that not too long ago, a few weeks ago, we did an interview, uh, and we talked quite extensively about the company and the project and, uh, uh, all that stuff. So, uh, if you go to my YouTube channel at rocks and stocks news dot, uh, at YouTube, uh, you'll find that interview, but, uh, yeah, Joey. I I imagine your phone's ringing a little bit more these days.
1: Yeah, it's definitely definitely interesting times.
0: Are you hearing from institutions and uh, retail?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, um, I just wanted to do a brief uh, sort of chat today about that news release because, you know, I'm I'm always on the hunt for copper projects. I'm I'm very bullish on copper, but my challenge, Joey, is finding good copper stories, uh, which are a lot harder to find. And it gets back to our talk about the su- supply chain. It's it's really fractured, uh, you know, relative to the demand that's building.
1: Yes, it is. Absolutely. Okay. It's going to be inter- interesting. Next year is going to be a really, really interesting one.
0: And you expect that PEA, what, in the first quarter or something like that?
1: I expect it in January,
0: yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we're not talking, uh, you know, a month, month and a half kind of thing for a new PEA.
1: Yeah, that's why I stated in in the news release, you know, some weeks delay, not months delay. Now, having said that, until you get it, you actually receive it, you can't, you know, like somebody, I love the question of when are you going to release it? Well... (laughs) <laughs> the answer to that is we're going to release it as soon as we get it but, yeah. but you know when do we expect to get it is yeah
0: i get a sense that uh, you don't want to sit on that for too long you want to get that out as soon as possible
1: well and and i mean that's full disclosure you just do that right as a public company you don't sit on information but yeah absolutely we're very excited about uh, that coming out yeah
0: Good. Yeah. So, um, well, that's what we got. That's the biggest catalyst I can see ahead for you guys, right, Joey?
1: Absolutely. Yep.
0: Now, are, beyond that, are there some more catalysts?
1: Well, we're also working on a definitive agreement with um, Goldfields for our Erica Pai project, which they want to option and earn into. And then we have our project we optioned in Northern BC, which is very interesting. Waiting for results on our our first phase of work on that, um, and we have one other porphyry that's optioned out to another junior, but I don't I don't really know what they're doing on that at this moment.
0: Now, is there room to grow uh, the resources at Canary Echo?
1: Yes, there are, and and I what I hazard to pro to say so much about it because what I found is that. Well, first of all, I'll explain what it is. Is that Within five kilometers, we have three porphyry targets. Canyaraco Norte in you know, a well-drilled off, we've got all the resources measured, indicated, and inferred um, is over 900 million tons. So 750 is measured, indicated, and then another over 100 is, is uh, inferred. Um, Canyaraco sewer, we have 15 drill holes into it. We know it's a porphyry deposit, I'm allowed to call it that. It's, um, it's got lots of copper, it has zero arsenic, so it would be another blending opportunity for Norte if we need it. Although all our work at this point is just dealing with Norte. We haven't drilled sewer off to the point where we know how big it is yet, so we haven't done a resource calculation on it yet. Um, we probably could do, but we're, we're waiting for permits to expand that one. And then Cabrata Verde, which could be in fact just an extension of Kenyaraku sewer, has never been drilled. And it's got all the same geochem, um, geophysics, and and such. But I've le- I've recently been doing a, an analysis of the stream sediment sampling that was done in the 70s, because to be honest, the the highest grade in Norte was found by stream sediment sampling and then drilling. So not not a fancy geophysics or too fancy geochem, just stream sediment sampling and then go drilling. Um, so so that's helping us get a better idea of what we've got at Sewer and Verde. But my point was, we don't need those to be economic. You know, all these numbers, everybody's comparing us. We're 10th of, of, and I should say, um, of of the developing projects. We're 10th largest and 6th and in highest grade. Um, it's not just of all projects that have, you know, might be earlier stage. But in any case, um, so why wait? I mean, we are applying for new drilling permits and such, but permitting in Peru for exploration stage can take a bit. Whereas I think it'll be faster to just move Norte straight into feasibility after this PEA and march that along and then see what comes of, of sewer and Verde. But but not it's not going to, you know, we don't need it, is my point. And some people get hung up on you know, oh gosh, you know, you're not going to know what you really have until you drill those. Well, yes, we know. We already know what we've got in our day and it's plenty.
0: Well, that uh, that's a good point to end on because I'm going to close and talk a little bit about your uh, valuation. So um, thank you very much. And if you want, you can hang around for my closing pitch and uh, we okay. can have a little chat at the end.
1: Okay. Sounds good.
0: So there you go, folks. Um, this company has a $47 million valuation. They've got a large resource, as uh, as Joey mentioned, in relative to what's out there. Uh, that's in the MI. A lot of it's in the MI category, so it's not inferred, um, measured, and indicated. They're doing an updated preliminary economic assessment, which would uh, you know, contemplates lowering CapEx and lowering OPEX. Um, and they've got a lot of uh, uh, IR, good IRR even at a significantly lower copper price, but I think it's going higher. Um, just to put the valuation into context, over the last 20 years, if you look at the takeovers of copper companies with, um, with PEAs, uh, they generally sell for about three to five cents per pound of copper in the ground. Um, and if you do the quick math on, uh, on uh, um, Can- Canaryaco, they're trading for a fraction of a penny uh, per pound of copper in the ground. Um, so I think that clearly shows uh, the blue sky potential ahead for this company. Um, and, you uh, I don't know if they're gonna be a takeover target. I I would think they might be a takeover target, but either way, uh, they can certainly move forward with uh, proving up the economics and showing uh, that. And uh, that puts them in a pretty rarefied air in the copper space with companies with advanced projects. So if you're looking for copper, Candente Copper is a hell of a good story to look at. And as always, my shows are for information purposes only. It's important for you to speak with your advisors and do your homework. And uh, I really stress that homework. Go to candentecopper.com. Give Joey and her team a call. And uh, I'm sure they'd love to talk more about this. So on that note, have a great day. And we will talk to you.